Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of The Final Third. On this week's episode, AJ and I took a detour from our usual soccer-related content and decided to talk about a topic on political science for a final project. Specifically, we're talking about trade sanctions. What are they? How do they work? And how do we even know if they do work? It's a really interesting topic that I had a lot of fun producing and making, so I hope you enjoy it, and if you do enjoy it, make sure to leave a rating. Without further ado, let's hop into it. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack Seeprasad, and this episode is special because instead of our normal deep dive episodes where we look at soccer in depth, this episode actually serves as my final project for my political science class on the politics of the global economy. And I'm joined here today with my friend and usual podcast co-host, AJ Tabura. AJ, how are you doing today? I'm good. We're recording this uh, pretty early. It's sunny out, and I'm really excited to be a part of this uh, podcast. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about sanctions. I am just, uh, you know, uh, I'm a university student, but I'm a, I'm a civil engineering student, so it's not something that I really uh, come across every single day. So I'm excited to talk to you. I know that you did like the bulk of the research, obviously, because this is your final project. So I'm just here for the ride. So I I'm excited today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm excited as well. You know, I, I love this class and I really like political science. So it's finally a good time for me to talk more about politics on this podcast. And, you know, for our normal listeners, this is going up as one of our deep dive episodes which usually delves in-depth on an interesting element of soccer. And, you know, you might remember that a lot of our past episodes have been on political topics. You know, we've talked about authoritarian sports washing, racism and protest in soccer, and a bunch of other topics. But, you know, I thought this episode would fit in well here. While it isn't, well, while this isn't necessarily a podcast episode directly about soccer, the topic is very close to it. Specifically, what are sanctions and why do they work or not work? Because we've talked on this podcast before about the mm -hmm. UK government's sanctions against the soccer club I support, Chelsea Football Club, because of former owner Roman Abramovich's ties to the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin. And in case you weren't aware of what triggered a set of sanctions, because that is important context for this episode, uh, that is from Russia invading Ukraine on February 24th this year, 2022, in what they deemed a, quote, special military operation, which uh, has definitely not been the case. It has been an invasion <laughs> by all accounts. Yeah. And, you know, so given that we've talked about sanctions before in several previous episodes, I, th I think that's it seems like a perfect time to look at how trade sanctions work and why they even matter. So... Before we get into it, I'd like to remind you that you can follow our Twitter at Final Third Show and check out our website, FinalThirdShow.com, for a one-stop shop on all things about our podcast. And without further ado, let's take a deep dive into the world of political economy and sanctions. All right. So sanctions have been in the news. It's a pretty big topic. Uh, for the people at home who may not know about sanctions, Jack, because I want to learn as well. <laughs> How would you define sanctions? Like, what are they? Yeah, well, that's a really good place to start. You know, you can't have Sweet. a conversation without knowing what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, I asked it. <laughs> so I feel like everyone has sort of an idea about what 
a sanction might be, but so we're on the same page. The definition that I'm talking about when I say a sanction, and specifically a trade sanction, uh, it's a restriction of trade that is targeted against a specific country and created as a response to an action that targeted country has done. Okay. So, you know, like increasing trade tariffs or taxes, basically, on cotton products isn't a sanction, but restricting trade with Saudi Arabia because of human rights violations would be considered a trade sanction. Okay. So if I'm understanding this correctly, and do correct me if I'm wrong, uh, a sanction is specifically directed towards a country and it's meant to try to change how that country is acting right yeah yeah exactly that's correct sanctions aren't like a generic thing they're a tool of foreign policy that is trying to change someone's behavior you know uh specifically they want to change a problematic behavior or whatever the country enacting them views as problematic Uh, and you know an easy example of that is with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, right? The trade sanctions on, you know, oil and natural gas products from Russia that the rest of the world has put on Russia are meant to try and get them to stop their invasion of Ukraine. So it's putting pressure on them through trade or lack thereof to uh-huh. try and get them to stop doing something. Okay, okay. So we know what a sanction is now for all the listeners mm-hmm. and what their uh, at least trying to, to to do, but you know, you mentioned it. It, it is a political issue. This is a political science class that you're doing this final for. So I'm guessing not everyone will agree with these sanctions here in America. That's the case. I know in England uh, during the sanctions, so like Chelsea and all the other uh, sanctions that you mentioned, they not everybody was a fan of that, right? So, like, what's the deal about that? Yeah, well. You're right. It's a political issue, so not everyone agrees. And before I get into that real quick, I do want to make a distinction because I talked about the Chelsea sanctions. Right. I'll get into that later. Those are financial sanctions rather than trade sanctions, which operate a little bit differently. But as far as different perspectives go, there's definitely perspectives from both sides of the issue, both for and against them. I'm going to start with actually, you know, the against side, because people who are against sanctions are kind of convinced that trade sanctions don't really change the behaviors of others. And, you know, the people who say trade sanctions aren't effective have this argument that trade sanctions hurt the general population rather than the people they're meant to hurt, you know, the people in charge who make decisions. Uh, It does make sense when you think about it a little bit more, especially if not every single country imposes trade sanctions. You know, the people who run the government tend to be a little bit wealthier than the average person in a country. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they can just get stuff from other places if trade sanctions come into place, and they can pay a little bit of a premium for things. On the other hand, everyday people in those countries can't do the same thing because they don't have the necessary income to get the same stuff from other countries. So, like, to illustrate this, AJ, if the grocery store one day didn't have your favorite cereal, whatever that might be, uh, are you going to spend an extra $5 every single time you want it, basically double the price, to buy it from a different country and have it shipped to you? Uh, I mean, probably not. Uh, that, I don't think that would make a lot of sense. I'd probably just buy something else. I, paying double for a, a box of cereal uh, isn't really feasible when you are not a very rich college student at all. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And imagine now if this is the case for even more products that you normally get, your entire grocery bill. Uh, you're looking at your entire food budget having to double, and you can't pay for other necessary expenses. And for the everyday people in sanctioned countries, the reality is even harsher. If a lot of countries are sanctioning the country they live in, like is the case with Russia, you know, the possibility to buy goods from other countries is severely limited. And if they're in a country that doesn't produce a lot of their own food either, then they can risk starvation and just a lot. And if not that, you know, their financial status is going to be hurt pretty severely as well. So it can be really bad for the everyday people. Yeah. And and that, that's the thing that I've seen when people discuss sanctions a lot, whether it be on Twitter or on the news. And that seems like a pretty solid argument for why sanctions aren't such a great idea, or at least how they don't always work how we want them to. So on the flip side, I guess, what are the arguments for sanctions? Yeah, so there are a few reasons why people might be in favor of trade sanctions. For one, uh, it's a pretty easy policy to pass with relatively broad support, right? Like the U.S. government doesn't pass bills with broad bipartisan support that often. But trade sanctions against Russia passed with only a few representatives and senators voting no against Mm -hmm. it. So it's a pretty easy policy to pass. Uh, And, you know, it's a pretty clear signal of discontent, right? (laughs) Instead of just making a vague statement about things like, for example, to put this because you mentioned Twitter, to put it in terms of uh, a social media exchange. If someone were to post online as a tweet, like, I'm sick of people not communicating how they feel, right? You, you might think, all right, this person's clearly upset with someone, but is it me? I have no clue. Uh, now, let's say someone says, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore until you start communicating more about how you feel. That, that's a pretty clear signal of like, you know, they don't approve of what you're doing and they're stopping doing something that you previously did, presumably yeah. hanging out, until you change that. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty clear signal. Okay, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I think that direct communication really matters. Yeah, it, it allows them to directly communicate uh, if they're feeling upset with something. You know, They'll also argue that this allows a country to change another country's behavior. So take that real life example I, pa- I talked about. I mean, all politics is real life, but the more localized version, I guess, to, to a, a person. In the first example, a passive aggressive social media post isn't going to make the actual target of that post change their behavior. Uh, but directly stating that they don't want to do anything with that person because of a lack of communication. Now, that might actually get the other person to change their behavior. And to put it into the political world as well, if President Biden was to make an address and said, we're upset with the way certain countries have been aggressive towards their neighbors, um, not very clear because, you know, is he talking about Azerbaijan and Armenia, Israel and Palestine, Saudi Arabia and Yemen, China and Taiwan? There is a lot of examples that they could that they could use for that. It's not really clear. And you could guess what country he's referring to, but... It's not a clear signal. If Biden has an address, though, where he announces a total trade embargo with Russia until they seize military operations in Ukraine, 
it's really difficult to misconstrue who the target of that sanction is and who the target of that displeasure is. And it's also a clear uh, reason why it's being enacted. It also does give them some clear conditions for how to get rid of those sanctions, which could technically change their behavior. All right. So we have been uh, talking about this for a little bit, but how do sanctions actually function and work? Yeah. So, of course, they're supposed to try and change behaviors, but there are some conditions where they're more effective than others and actually are more likely to work. So the first one, which I just talked about, uh, is that it needs to be clear what a country needs to do to, to get the sanctions lifted, right? It makes a lot of sense because that's kind of how things work in everyday life. Like if you wanted to get someone to change what they were doing, you'd give a clear condition uh, to, to uh, if, especially if you were enacting a negative consequence. Right. Like if you, when you were younger, you have a sibling. I have siblings as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, if you ever fought with your sibling, <laughs> you, you probably got sent to your room or like sent to timeout or maybe went to bed without dessert, something like sure, that. Sure. You know? And your parents would then give you a clear condition about how to not be in timeout or how to get dessert the next night. They would say, <laughs> you have to stop fighting with your sibling, right? So they're sanctioning you by taking away something that you would normally get. Right. And then uh, they're saying instead, you know, here's the condition to get that the next time and to continue getting it. Uh, so if the U.S. sanctions Saudi Arabia for human rights violations, a bit of an escalation from that past situation that I was discussing. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, then the condition to get those sanctions removed would be to stop those human rights violations. Right. Okay. So as I understand it, clarity here really is like the crux of uh, the discussion. And it really plays into how uh, effective sanctions are. Like that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Otherwise, they'd have no reason to change their behavior if they aren't sure what behavioral change would lead to the sanctions getting removed. So to, to hearken back to your child... Uh, example <laughs> I, I i do think that yeah the countries not not that they're childish but I, I think a lot of it makes sense that their thinking would fall into line with you know the example of you know being a kid yeah they they kind of do operate like that uh yeah. i feel like all people kind of operate in a similar sort of context yeah, which yeah. is kind of gets to the reason why sanctions can be effective Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are two other major factors that can help trade sanctions be really effective, and they work really closely together. Okay. And for one, they work best when countries have strong ties before any sanctions. Uh, and second, they work best when a lot of countries work together to sanction a specific country. You know, that first one makes a lot of sense because if two countries didn't have any connections before, uh, why, why would that other country change their behavior? Like, sure. if, the, if the country my dad's from, Guyana was like, we're sanctioning Turkmenistan. <laughs> uh, they don't have uh, they don't have many trade relations with them. Uh, right. So why would Turkmenistan change any behavior uh, if they had no reason to trade with them before? They're like, OK, this is the same as before. Uh, and in this and in the other sense, like, you know, if you already weren't going to get dessert and your parents are like, no dessert until you uh, until you stop fighting with your sibling that's not going to change your behavior because you're like, well, that already wasn't on the table. So uh, why would why would I care? And then, you know, the second condition also is pretty logical because if a lot of countries join in on restricting trade with another country, it makes it more difficult for them to avoid any negative effects. 
right? It's all it's why it's so notable when so many countries sanctioned Russia with their oil and natural gas, uh, because with all of them trying to uh, trying to sanction them, it's harder for them to offset their losses, and then they're more likely to change their behavior. Same thing with the with the childhood example, right? Mm-hmm. If if your mom says no dessert uh, until you stop fighting for your sibling, but your dad sneaks you an Oreo instead, like you're you're still getting around the sanction, uh, right. and you have no incentive to change your behavior if that keeps happening, yeah. right? So it, you really need a more united front. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, 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 I think that makes a lot of sense, and I, I think you're right. If countries obviously didn't trade before and only one country is sanctioning them it's a drop in the bucket right like you don't really care like what's what is the reason to change your behavior but on the other hand which you know was something we've seen before is like if the half the world that traded with a certain country before just chose to sanction a country that did something they didn't agree with like that fundamentally changes the way that that country's economy works, that the world's economy works, and then they have a lot more reason to to change their behavior. So these conditions, they all make sense, the two conditions you talked about. So in practice, do these sanctions actually work? Uh, Well, you see, (laughs) you just asked the million-dollar question there. Oh, great, awesome. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have the million dollars to give you. That will be at a later date. Uh, but it, it's actually really tough to tell if sanctions do work. And the reason why it's so tough comes down to a few things. First, you know, think about the countries that get hit with sanctions, you know, uh, uh-huh. North Korea, Russia, Iran. Uh, what do those countries have in common? I'd say uh, they're all authoritarian, like they all are run by some authoritarian states. Yeah, right. Kim Jong-un or uh, Vladimir Putin, right? That they're all run by authoritarians at mm-hmm. some level. Uh, but the reason that matters isn't because they're authoritarians. It means if they aren't fully democratically elected, then they don't really care about doing the best for the people in their country because they don't need the support of the people to stay in power. If the sanctions don't directly affect them, they aren't going to change their behavior. And that's actually a big reason why a lot of more recent sanctions from the U.S. and from the U.K., if we're talking about, you know, the sanctions on Roman Abramovich with Uh Chelsea, have been financial sanctions on Russian oligarchs rather than broad trade sanctions. They're more likely to affect the people who make the decisions, freezing their bank accounts, uh, making it less likely they can avoid the impacts of, of, you know, what they've done and actually making them think about changing their behavior. You know, there's kind of some precedent for that because Roman Abramovich is working for Ukraine and trying to negotiate a peace between right, them. Right, right. So it, that does have some precedent for working. But a second reason why it's tough to see if trade sanctions really work is that it's tough to say, like, you know, if the sanctions themselves cause the behavior to change. Like, right, we can't go up to the door of the Kremlin, knock and say, hello, Mr. Putin. Yes, uh, we noticed you changed your behavior and stopped invading <laughs> Ukraine. Would you care to answer a question here? Uh, so did our sanction make you change your behavior? Uh I don't think you're getting a response like that. Uh, so yeah. it, it's just really difficult to say for sure that the sanctions worked in changing minds. Yeah, okay. Well, so if it's hard to tell if they work and it's hard to really understand the impact that they have and there's you know inherent potential negatives with sanctions, 
like like what's the point like do these sanctions re- really work just to to circle back to that question again yeah and that that's the that's the struggle here i can't really give you a definite yes or no but what i can say is that there haven't there hasn't been a ton of great evidence to prove that trade sanctions work all that well to influence and change country behavior okay all right so obviously that's not a very satisfying answer and and that's inherent right that's okay yeah political Uh, science doesn't tend to give yeah always definitive answers and that makes sense i guess that makes sense so in the context of obviously the biggest you know news source for you know uh sanctions can you tell us anything about the effectiveness or just context with the ukraine and russia situation yeah, I can do some speculation using, you know, the conditions that I outlined earlier. Like okay. a lot of the sanctions on Russia so far have been financial sanctions, which go by a whole other set of rules and tend to be a little bit more effective. But there have been some major trade sanctions that have taken place. And the major ones uh, that I've referenced, you know, the U.S. banning the import of Russian oil and gas in early March with broad bipartisan support, as well as the EU cutting down on Russian oil and gas imports and the UK committing to phasing out all Russian oil imports by the end of 2022. Oh, wow. So using those three conditions that I laid out to see, uh, we can see if those sanctions could be effective in this case. So it's pretty clear. It, it seems clear to what Russia needs to do to get the sanctions lifted, stop the invasion in Ukraine. However, it's a little bit murkier since the U.S. just banned the imports with no specific condition to reverse the ban. And the EU and UK are working on phasing it out pretty quickly. So the condition is implied, which seems like it could be good, but it's usually not good enough because it's not a clear indication of how to you know, get those sanctions to stop. Uh, the other two conditions do work pretty well, though, because the US, EU, and UK imported a lot of oil and gas from Russia because we use a lot of oil and gas in the US, at least. Uh, And so they had strong trade ties before the sanctions were put in place, and it's multilateral. There's a ton of countries sanctioning them. You know, even countries that didn't have the strongest of trade relations with them, they're still sanctioning them as well, which means it's still less likely that they can get around Mm -hmm. uh, those sanctions. So these trade sanctions could work, but financial sanctions, like freezing the assets of Russian oligarchs, taking away control of Chelsea from Roman Abramovich— those kinds of sanctions are likely to do a lot more. Okay, so uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, in your eyes, you see uh, the sanctions on Russia right now being, like, it's easier to say that that's successful. Is that right? It, it, it could be more successful. It, it's got it's to be maybe a bit more clear uh, uh-huh. what, the, what Russia needs to do specifically to get the U.S., U.K., E.U. to reverse trade sanctions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and just to circle back to maybe some of the negatives that you mentioned with sanctions, would you say that these sanctions against Russia kind of subvert uh, those potential negatives, like affecting like the working class people of Russia more than uh, those who have higher power? 
Yeah, well, that that's that's the tough part with this because we've okay. seen that it does affect the people of Russia. You know, we, mm-hmm. you saw all of the people trying to go and buy and get money out of banks so they could afford things, and so you know that it does hurt the, those people. But at the same time, I, I think the oil and gas sanctions are more likely to target you know, Russian oligarchs, because right. the average person isn't controlling oil and gas, right? Uh, they're, they're, they might use it, right? But they're not going to be the ones controlling it. That's mm-hmm. going to be the oligarchs. Uh, so I, I think that it is going to help uh, change Russia's behavior, potentially. Again, it's near impossible to say if yeah. that is the only factor that does it, but I think it can be a successful factor in changing their behavior. All right. Th- this is all cool. I've learned a lot already. Uh, but I think the million-dollar question for us as people who aren't you know, political science majors is why does this matter, right? Like, I- I'm not – we're not the ones imposing the sanctions. So why is it important for everyday people like ourselves to know about them? Yeah, well, that's a good question because – it can seem kind of detached from yeah. what it's not. It's not like healthcare costs where that's something uh-huh. that affects people more significantly, I'd say. But, you know, it matters a lot for the world because sanctions are a go to policy by the U.S. government to try and punish governments when they believe they've done something wrong. So, you know, especially now with almost the entirety of Europe sanctioning Russia, it's worth asking the question if it truly works is this policy that's used by the U.S. a ton actually working? And does it have the desired effect that, you know, the U.S. Mm-hmm. government wants? Is it enough to change the behavior of Vladimir Putin? Because that is supposed to be the goal of these sanctions. Uh, and if we're living through a war between two countries with massive worldwide implications, it's good to know the basics of a key policy used to try yeah. and get the aggressor to stop invading Ukraine. Uh And on an individual level, it's important to know how these policies affect the world Uh, because sanction uh, rather than just going with whatever is proposed. Right. Because sanctions, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, that's a good idea, but it's worth looking in depth on it. And, you know, I, I think it's just important to be informed in general because sanctions are going to come up in the news a lot this year. They're Mm -hmm. there and they won't be any less prevalent as time goes on. The U.S. has been enacting sanctions on nations for literally centuries. Right. And they've been one of the first responses to any wrongdoing by any other country. So, you know, the more you know, or yeah, uh, to, know. to quote G.I. Joe, which I did at a debate practice yesterday, nobody got the reference uh, that from who what? I was teaching. No. I know. Uh, but now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, on this podcast, you know, we are a big fan of generally being informed on things, you know, and knowing and winning that half of the battle. Uh, it, it's really important to, to know what's going on in the individual level. Like, we've, we've talked about how important that is, even on these larger scale issues, like when we talk about racism and protest in soccer, or uh, even when we talk about, you know, some of, some of the sports watching that happens. But why does it matter beyond just us at the individual level? Yeah, well, you know, it is one of the biggest foreign policy tools used by any country in this century, at least. Uh And that's unlikely to change anytime soon because, you know, we've gone over. It's an easy policy to implement. 
They can get broad support behind them. Uh, and the real reason why it's so important is because besides like a coup or a takeover of a government, uh, it's the major way that countries can try and change another's behavior, right? Because we've all heard the phrase money talks, right? Yes. Uh, so the, it's a big sort of thing that can change that uh, between countries. And it also keeps countries in line and in the interest of pursuing peace. Because if they know that another country is going to hit them with sanctions if they overstep... You know, that's what that's what Russia's experiencing right now. It, it make it makes them second guess if that is a good option. It's why so many people before Russia actually invaded Ukraine were thinking that maybe they wouldn't because they knew what would happen if that happened, if like they were to invade. So, you know, I, I think it's it's forcing Russia to rethink their actions because of that negative response. Right. Uh, so trade sanctions are a hugely important topic, and it can honestly be an important tool in helping keep a peaceful world at some point in time. So it may seem like an unimportant topic to the everyday person, but sure. when you consider that aspect, it's pretty big. <laughs> it, it is It is pretty big. Uh, couldn't agree more about that. And I think that the, the more we know about stuff like this, the better, right? It, when you When you don't understand things when they're confusing it's always important to take uh, a step back and really examine the situation and what's going on so jack thank you for the explanation about that uh now you know we don't really go into talking about international politics too far in depth but you know we do talk about soccer this far in depth and that even true. further uh, a lot of crazy news going on right now in the soccer world so jack where can people go if they want to hear more about that? And do you have any closing words about sanctions? Yeah, well, you know, sanctions, I, I would encourage you to think about them, to learn about them if you're interested in it. It is a very fascinating topic. Uh, but beyond that, you know, if they want to hear more about soccer, uh, they can check out our Twitter at Final Third Show uh, and our website, finalthirdshow.com, for one-stop shop for all our content. Thank you so much to all of our regular listeners, to uh, my professor for listening as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we'll we'll see we'll we'll see you next week for a more soccer themed episode. Uh, yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. So everybody, yep. To 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 Mir, Jack, Jack. Thank you for having me on this episode, listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a more non soccer themed episode. So if you enjoy this still, I'm talking to the professor as well. You know, leave a rating uh, if you enjoy the show. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure they'd love to hear Jack go really in-depth on you know, one of the most important international political topics of our time. So yeah, we'll see you same time, same place next week. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>